0: Welcome to the I Might Be Wrong podcast with Travis Seppola, where we discuss faith, dogmatics, science, math, physics, art, and share conversations with all humans. Well, mostly only the interesting ones. Join me in welcoming and encouraging Travis on this journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Travis, and I'm your host, Once again, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me, and this is episode 17. Before I get started, I'd just like to, first of all, address the fact that it's been a little while since I have actually um, put any content online, and that's because uh, my family and I were traveling all the way up to Minnesota and back um, to go to my grandmother's funeral. And so a lot of this got put on hold during that time. And it ended up being a little bit longer of a journey because of some really um, uh, difficult and terrible weather on the way back. But that's a story for another day. Um, during my time, uh, going up there and coming back, there was a couple of different nights that we ended up spending in hotel rooms. And it was during that time that... I came across something that made me quite angry, and that was this, I don't know if you'd call it a public service announcement or a commercial or, or what, it, what, what it was, um, but the whole message, it came out during the time of the Super Bowl, and I wasn't watching the Super Bowl, I was driving during that time, so didn't catch any of that. Um and honestly, I didn't even find out who won or anything like any anything um of that nature until actually a couple of days afterwards. Um, that's what kind of happens when your head's kind of in a completely different space. Um, but um, I I, I don't know how I came across it, whether it was online or or where it might have been, but I found out it was something that released during the Super Bowl and it was a commercial and it was a celebrity. Um. Uh, Stephen Colbert, I believe, was the guy's name. I'm almost positive that's who it is. I don't listen. I don't watch a whole lot of um, television more, anymore. But um, <clears throat> anyways, the whole point of the ad or public service announcement was to just give everybody a friendly reminder of the fact that that this coronavirus and the lockdowns and the mask wearing and all of these different things that have happened in the past year have really had a negative effect on a lot of different people. And one of the places, um, uh, I shouldn't say people, but one of the things that, have ha- that has been deeply impacted during this time has been your local small businesses and restaurants. And so there was this encouraging word that was being shared. And that word was essentially that, you know, at some point in time, hopefully in the near future, this is going to be a thing of the past, all of these lockdowns that different states are going through. And once that happens, make sure to go to your local communities and shop your local businesses because we need to get them back off of the ground because these are the people that have been affected the worst during this time. And man, did it make me mad. Um, before I go any further, I mean, one of the things I will honestly say is I'm from South Carolina and in South Carolina, this has had an impact, but not near the impact that so many other States have had to deal with in regards to the different shutdowns, because I mean, we've been able to go to restaurants, uh, since, you know, the middle of, well, I mean, quite early on in the summer of 2020, um, 2020. And we've been able to sit down and in many restaurants, you're not even required to wear masks or anything like that. Um, Really, for all intents and purposes, as you move around, I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. There really wasn't any place that you weren't allowed to go to. Even when there was these quote unquote lockdowns, you could go to like Lowe's, Home Depot, Walmart. And I mean, it was absolutely just mobbed and packed with people, which was ridiculous, which made it a place that I absolutely avoided because... I'm not somebody who likes crowds or crowded areas. It tends to give me a little bit of anxiety. <clears throat> so there, you know, in this state, we've been definitely blessed um, by not having to deal with that. I mean, a lot of, lot of local businesses and small businesses have taken a hit, but they've been able to recover, many of them. But even, even in this area, there are businesses and restaurants that didn't recover. They closed and they're never going to open again. And this is a state where the shutdowns were not draconian in nature and they were not really, really long. There are states throughout the whole entire United States have been and where, where these small businesses and these restaurants and places like this have been absolutely crippled. And to hear somebody come on, or to, to hear some celebrity who's probably worth millions and millions of dollars, I don't know, I don't really care, but to hear them come on and and give this announcement where they're saying, you know, we got to make sure that we really care for these people. And, you know, it makes them seem like such wonderful, caring people. And I know the intent behind that message is to be heartwarming and encouraging. and And it just fries me because... I I either they don't understand or they don't care that these small businesses that you're talking about they're gone. That little boutique that you're basically maybe picturing in your head, Mr, you know, talk, I mean Mr Radio, I'm not radio show but, you know, TV host, you're going to go frequent that little place and find out that it's been out of business for months because it wasn't able to survive. That little restaurant or that little deli or whatever else it might have been, it's not there anymore because they didn't have the ability to, to, to stay at home and, and, and basically live off of all sorts of you know, different money and income that they could make at home because their small business was their home. And and the reason this makes me so angry is, is it's not just there that this whole thing exists as far as the shutdowns and as far as we what we've been uh, essentially asked to do during this time. And it's been about a year now. Um, with, with the, really just in terms of dealing with the coronavirus, because on the other side of things, I mean, you got people that are running around saying, well, you know, it's almost like they don't care. Well, who cares? Just go about business. It doesn't really matter. It's not that dangerous. This, and, and, and almost making the statement that it's not real, where I've even heard somebody say before that I don't believe in the coronavirus. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. That pisses me off too, because it's real. People have died from it. I know people personally who have died from it. I know people who have actually been very, very sick from it. I, I'm aware of people that have spent you know, time you know, intubated, a time where they were just basically laid up in a hospital bed for months because of this. And so the consequences of this can be extremely detrimental. And yet at the same time, on the other hand, you know there's people that have been absolutely crippled that haven't had to deal with it or maybe they got sick but but i mean they recovered quite well but their businesses are completely shut down are states where where people are absolutely just locked behind doors and you 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 literally cannot survive through something like this and so people have actually in many cases been forced to just try to leave those areas and to hear people kind of stand up and basically say, well, you know, when this is all over, we need to make sure that we go take care of these people. All of a sudden, I realize there's only one of two possibilities. Either they absolutely don't know. They don't know how much this has affected people or deep down inside, maybe they really just don't care. Maybe they're so disconnected from it that they just don't care. And the reason that really bothers me is they want to essentially dictate to the rest of the population, you, me, everybody else, tell us how we're supposed to respond to this. And and honestly, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of this kind of garbage because this is what happens all too often, especially with even the Christian church where basically everything becomes about ideologies, where people say, well, this is the group of people that you belong to, and if you're part of this group of people, that this is how you're supposed to believe about these different things. And so all throughout this entire past year that's gone by, we've had all of these people in power, celebrities, everybody else, who have been essentially telling us how we're supposed to live our lives, pretending like they actually care about us. And the one thing that I'm beginning to realize is they don't. And unfortunately, as the church, we've put our faith in a lot of these different people. We've assumed that if we do this, that that this is going to make us better people. So let's listen to what some sort of a celebrity or a politician has to say to us. And by doing that, that's really what it looks like to be Christian. So you tell me what it looks like to love my neighbor. And you tell me exactly how I'm supposed to act. And that's part of the reason why... Ultimately, I think there's been all kinds of division within the church during this time. And the reason people are divided is it's almost as though you have people that are, are jumping to each side of the aisle, and what they're saying is, well, the only way you can truly be a Christian is if you behave or you take this type of a, an understanding— As to how we should treat this. And then, you know, you have another group of people saying, well, no, this is the only way you can truly be Christian and and behave in a, a world where there is the coronavirus. And as a result, they're absolutely pitted against one another. They're saying terrible things to one another, and it's dividing us. And the reason we're being divided like this is we're listening to everybody else telling us how we're supposed to behave in the world around us, and they don't care. About people. They don't. There's no way they can care because if they truly cared, they'd understand that these businesses are already closed. Or if they truly cared, they wouldn't dump sick people into nursing homes, knowing that these populations are some of the most susceptible. And these are what these leaders have done. And and what it reminds me of is it reminds me of a, a story that might not seem, maybe it doesn't relate. I think this relates, and this is something that I've thought. It's a story that's a real story. It happened during my first year at seminary, actually, my first semester when I was going to seminary, and this was in northern Michigan, the upper peninsula of Michigan, and the the first really cold snowy day that I remember there. The first day it snowed was Thanksgiving Day um, that year, but a few days later... You know, it started to get a little bit um, cold and there was these wet, big, fat flakes and it was windy. And if I remember right, it was somewhere in the teens and I had to go to work that evening. I used to have to go all the way out to this other town that was about 10 miles away and I was driving up this hill. And as I was driving up this hill, I remember there was this old woman that was walking on the side of the road. And at first, I mean, honestly, as I drove up, I couldn't even tell if it was a woman or not. I just remember seeing a hunched figure kind of walking up this steep incline because it was a steep drive and then there was a sidewalk on the side. She's on the sidewalk. It's snowing. It's slippery. It's miserable. She doesn't have you know, really warm clothes on and she kind of had not like a thumb out, but she just had a hand out kind of waving for anybody. And so I stopped. I stopped and I asked her to get where she was going and she told me where she was going And it just so happened to be maybe a block or two away from where I I worked, the restaurant that I worked at that point in time. And so I told her, hop in, I'll bring you there. And she got in and got herself situated. And I, you know, I I don't know why I said it, but I just asked her how she was doing. And um, after, you know, about 30 seconds or so where she was kind of just kind of settling in, I asked her how she was doing and she started to cry. And when I say she started to cry, she just broke down sobbing. And, and it lasted for about a minute. And, you know, you have these moments where, you know, like, why did I even ask something like this? What's happening here? I mean, who did I get into my car? Because I just asked a simple question. and Now all she's doing is sobbing. And then she slowly po- um, stopped. <clears throat> and then once she stopped, she, she started to tell me a story. You know, she told me a story about a church that she had went to for a long time, a church that she had been part of for a long time. And then all of a sudden there was some different issues that the leadership of the church began to disagree about. And, and it wasn't really like doctrinal issues or necessarily theological. It was just about the vision or how the church should go moving forward. Just, just some different things like that. Because I remember asking her like what they were fighting about. And she said, oh, it was just, you know, silly stuff that doesn't matter not in the grand scheme of things. It had nothing to do with the Bible or anything like that, she said. It was just stuff about, you know, how, what the church was going to do and how we get more people or should we, what what the music should look like and all of these kinds of things. And there was two clear groups of people in leadership and they had it out. They fought and they were not going to budge an inch and then this carried over into the congregation, and they had a meeting about it. And what, you found, what they found out is that each group represented about, you know, each of these two groups represented each one of them, about 50% of the congregation even. And neither one of them had the ability on their own. If one group left, the one group wouldn't be able to support the church. And if the other group left, you know, then they wouldn't be able to support a church by themselves. Together they could, but being that it was almost 50% of the congregation that would be leaving with the leadership once they divided, because that's what they decided. That's all they could do. We can't agree on these issues. We're just going to part ways. We don't like you anymore, and we're not going to do this anymore. And so, they decided that the only decision they could come up to come up with was to lock the doors of the church, put it up for sale and just be done. And that's what they did. And I remember she looked at me and she said, "What am I going to do?" Because you see she wasn't on any side of the issue. She was just somebody who was there and this church meant everything to her. She had grown up in this church. This church was her point of contact. These are this is where she went to for help. This was for her as far as she was concerned. It was the most important community in her life. She had no brothers, no sisters, no other really living relatives at this point in time. She had never been married and she was just so broken at that point in time because here she was, you know, in the middle of all of this, not really understanding what's going to happen and instead you know really what ends up happening to her she goes to a church and the doors are locked and they're never going to be open again and you see this is what happens all too often you know we take these big issues and we figure out you know we we you know we decide that there's only one way we can behave we divide we form lines in the sand we demand people choose a side and tell people what side of the issue we are supposed to be on and we fight and the people who suffer are individuals who really had nothing to do with it. The people who suffer are actually the people we're supposed to be taking care of. And that's why this bothers me. Because, you know, they can, you know, we can run around and you can have politicians claiming that they care so deeply about what's going on in the world around us. And all of you people matter to us. You can have celebrities pretending like it matters to them. But in reality, they're not having to experience it the way that the average American is having to experience it. Because most of these people are are independently wealthy. They're able to, to go a long time without a paycheck if it really came down to it. And as a result, they're not reliant on a customer showing up at their doorstep. They're not reliant on being able to just make it through you know, at least a week or a couple of months. And that, and then part of the other reason why it bothers me is I know of restaurants that have had to shut down. I recently heard a story uh, uh, from someone who talked about the fact that when all of this started, they had just purchased about $15,000 worth of food. And because they had, they you know, they serve a big base and and all of a sudden they had to shut everything down. And then all of that food... Ended up going bad because it doesn't last, and some food you just can't freeze. And when it came time to go and purchase a suppli- the supplier, I mean, they didn't have the ability to to even pay for the food that they had got because a lot of times the way restaurants survive is they they survive on like a sixty day float where you don't have to pay for this. You know, the invoice won't be due for another sixty days. So the idea is, is you take this in, you sell it, you make food out of it, and then you kind of move on. And so what they had to do is they just had to de- shut the doors. They're done. And that story is something that's happened all over the world around us. Just as like there's other stories where people have had to watch <coughs> online or through video screens as their loved one dies. People have had to deal with all of these types of things. And, and the thing that just irks me is somehow in some way, the Christian church has bought into the idea that we're supposed to pick a side. Are you kidding me? Pick a side? No. The only side that should truly matter to us is the side of just making sure that we're taking care of our neighbor and not worried about what that actually looks like or how somebody's doing it, so long as they're taking care of other people. And and really, it shouldn't be about what some politician is telling you to do. It should not be about whether or not, you know, hey, well, I'm part of this group of people, so this is how I'm supposed to think, right? This is what I'm supposed to do? Tell me. Because my belief is that if we do this, then these groups of people, they become our moral compass as Christians. They do. They become the ones that are basically telling us, well, this is what it looks like to behave. And you can see the only thing that this has caused is it's caused division. But the problem is, is we buy into it and we choose sides. And then that behavior, it permeates into our community, a community that's supposed to be about ministering Jesus Christ to people and being a neighbor to all people. A ministry, I mean, a community that is not supposed to be conformed to this world, but rather a community that has been transformed by the renewing of our minds. A renewing that comes not from listening to what some celebrity tells me to do, not to listening to what anybody else in in the world around us tells me to do, but a renewing of my mind that comes from coming into contact with the Word of God. And with God himself coming into contact with a God who is nothing like me. And thank the Lord because, man, I'm angry about this. But rather a God who is slow to anger, is what the scripture says. Full of mercy, full of loving kindness, forgiving. One who stoops low and cares about the broken, the lost, the lonely. The one who's aware of all of these things... (laughs) and doesn't want us to be divided. In fact, he says something much different in the book of Corinthians. He actually talks about the fact that as a body, we're a, like as as believers, as followers of Christ, we're supposed to be a body. And actually the least of our members should be the most important of our members. And within this body, we understand it's the body of Christ. So we don't look towards other people and worldly wisdom, in terms of trying to figure out how we're supposed to engage and behave with one another. And the thing that's even more amazing is it also means that we can all choose to take slightly different paths during a crisis like this. We can all choose to behave slightly differently. And that doesn't mean that we're supposed to divide. Being one doesn't mean that we're all going to be, you know, we're all going to agree. We're not, you know, this, this homogenous body where all of us are going to, are supposed to have the exact same opinions, the exact same behavior or or anything like that. The whole point is, is you can have your response to this. I can have mine. They don't need to be the same. And we can still love one another and we can still have grace and we can still have compassion on one another throughout that entire process. But we need to stop listening to this other garbage that's out there. I'm sorry, we need to, telling us how to behave. And you know what, there was a great example of this, and I'm not going to go too deeply into detail, but as far as I'm concerned, this is a great example, because, you know, there was one of these congressmen recently gave a prayer, you know, in the Capitol, and he finished that prayer by saying, Amen, and then he said, and all woman." And that just goes to show you just how spiritually in tune and how much they actually know about the Bible. Because that term, amen, has absolutely nothing to do with masculinity. And to turn around and then say, a woman is the most ridicul- ridiculous and asinine thing that I have ever heard. And these are the people that are leading our country. These are the people that we're listening to when we listen to a lot of this garbage. Amen comes from a Greek term, amen. It, it's actually nothing more than a transliterated word that's, that that has a distinct meaning in the Greek language, but it has absolutely nothing to do with masculinity and femininity. And this just drives me nuts because these are the people, these are the same groups of people. This is how ignorant they are. Do we really think we should be taking our guidance from that? No. No. Our guidance is the person of Jesus Christ. We follow after him. And there is no perfect way to do that. Okay. I know people who have been locked down and been terrified this whole entire time, and they've still found a way to minister to other people, call, you know, make contact with people. And that doesn't mean they're not Christian. Okay. I know other people who have who' basically gone to different rallies and everything else and, and have, have been parts of organizations that have have basically demanded that people open up businesses. I know people who are running around saying "It's all a conspiracy theory, and, and none of it's real." And I call all of them my Christian brothers and sisters." And you know what? Every single one of them could be wrong about that, and that's OK. We can be wrong about all of this kind of stuff, but let's not get get the important thing wrong. Okay? We represent Jesus Christ in this world, and we don't look outside to figure out what that looks like. We don't conform to our societies. We don't conform to the wisdom that's around us. We are transformed. We are transformed by it. Because ultimately, I believe... That the reason we've been left in this place and on this world, the reason we're here is to demonstrate the love of God and to communicate to the world around us that there is actually somebody who cares. There is actually people who truly love and are aware of exactly what, we're, what you're going through and we're willing to come alongside of you and be there for you. My firm belief is that the most important characteristic of the Christian church is our capacity to love and to care for people. And I have become more and more convinced throughout this entire process that I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. We're surrounded by a bunch of people who are celebrities, leaders, and they don't give one whit about you, about me, or anybody else. But we represent a God who does. And the world needs us right now, it does. It needs us to separate our, ourselves away from us and, and, and understand that being a Christian doesn't mean that I have to behave necessarily in a certain way or take a certain stand on COVID or lockdowns or mask wearing or any of that kind of stuff. Okay? Being a Christian actually means that I represent Jesus Christ. We are an ambassador to him and we show love and compassion and we bring truth to the world around us instead of looking for the world around us to give us truth thank you everyone for for listening in um, as as before I'll ask um, as I've said many times before uh, if you're really enjoying this please share it and and make it known to any like-minded people around you and if you haven't done it done so already please subscribe and and give a five star rating to this podcast on whatever medium that you use thank you and goodbye I love you